welcome to Dungeons and Daughters, where I, the daughter, get to play Dungeons and Dragons with my mom. Last time on Dungeons and Daughters, Sid offered to help Kara find some fancy flowers, and Kara finally opened up about the tension between her and her brother. Turns out, she got dragged along for the murder of their god, Tyran, and is just a little bit bitter. Sid's tracking led them to a patch of flowers beside a river, where the ladies escaped notice from a party boat as it rode upstream. And now, chapter 11, Lake Point. You are walking through the woods. The late morning air still has a cool bite to it under the trees. The horse has been huffing and complaining as the incline on the road has gotten steeper, so the adults in the party, you, Sid, Miss Kara and her brother Aralond, have all gotten out of the cart to walk alongside. It's honestly faster, and Kara says you should all reach the city of Lake Point later today. Kara's niece, Tiffany, sits in the driver's seat, more telling the horse she's a good girl than actually guiding her. <laughs> how you doing today, Sid? I'm tired of traveling, is how I am. It's been, been a long few weeks? It's been a long few weeks, and I'm. it's been a slog, you know, repetitive and kind of dull. Mm, yeah. Uh, how you looking after three weeks of travel? How How's the clothing situation? Um, dusty kind of grimy you know I mean I don't have a lot of clothes with me so it's like if I need to wash what I'm wearing then I have to <laughs> either make sure no one's around or what have you so my stuff could use a a good good wash you know my my pants are dusty my uh corset is not so tight anymore <laughs> it's just kind of yeah, I might have a hole in my shirt <laughs> A little loose around the laces. Yeah, yeah. My hair is a mess. It's still in a braid, but it's just been a quick braid without any sort of mirror to help me see what I'm doing. So Maybe it's a little crooked. Probably. <laughs> Most definitely. All right. About midday, your internal inbox pings with a text message from Pax. Oh. It says, Sid. Be extremely careful until we determine if that shipwreck had survivors. Find a way to interface with the black box. I believe in you. And see if you can boost your internal transmission signal. Your message was a little bit garbled. The parts from the ship had to have gone somewhere. Science Division would like more information about the powers your travel companions were given, and the entity that gave them, as well as any other powerful creatures or objects you encounter prioritize by transportability please complete a full mission status report upon safe arrival at destination cc seraphony on it signed pax x like a capital x after his name noted any initial reactions to pax's message from sid um i feel like it's more than he's usually given me to do, um, which is kind of exciting for me. I um, I want to be able to do a good job for him. And my brain's already running through what I've gathered so far intel-wise as far as Kara and Aralond um, and their magic. Um, but I feel like I'm going to need more. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's... It's good. It's it's a good message. It will keep me busy, and, and uh, I'm kind of worried about how I'm supposed to boost my transmission. 
um, signal <laughs> or access the black box since I'm so far away from my ship. So that's kind of weighing on me. Okay. Do you send anything back right away? Are you hold, going to hold off? No, I'll just I'll just send back like an acknowledgement, like a a little red receipt. Yeah, like a little eyeball that says, "Oh, she's seen it. I can see that she's she's read it." Okay. You guys continue on your journey through the woods uh, on this road that leads to Lake Point, as all of them do. Miss Kara insists on calling this a hill, but the horse has been right to complain. After a couple of hours of actual hiking, you reach the top of what you realize is a one of a series of small mountains that stretch to the north before you, in between which lies the Valley of Lake Point, capital of Ferenia. The lake takes up just over half the eastern side of the valley. The afternoon sun glitters off the surface and you hear Tiffany gasp, and you hear Kara hiss and ask, what happened to the tower? Looking down into the valley, the trees of the woods around you continue to march down around the houses and buildings of the city ahead of you in the western half of the valley, their leafy tops only beginning to slip into their fall colors, and red brick houses and buildings of the city of Lake Point rise sporadically from the carpet of greens dotted with yellow and oranges in the valley. Several clusters across the valley have buildings that might be called towers, particularly one near the far western edge of the city with tall, slim buildings painted wild colors and an equally impressive windmill spinning lazily in the middle. Kara says, look at that hill over there, and points to a mountain on the northwestern side of the valley that sits a little bit taller than the rest around it. From your vantage point on the south end of the valley, you see that the face of the mountain has been cut into a sheer face of gray rock, and a citadel rests with its back against the cliff. From this distance, you can tell there are buildings on top of the cliff, but you don't see anything that looks like a tower. While Kara is pointing, look at that hill over there, she says, that's where my house is. It was next to a gigantic tower that isn't there. Gosh, I hope my house is okay, or we don't have a place to stay. Erland is quiet and does not answer. He is looking at the closest cluster of buildings uh, to you on the road, uh, built up around on either side of the road at the closest edge of the city. And he goes, huh, that's new. Was that like, we're there? Yep, this is the city of Lake Point. Welcome okay. to the capital of Ferenia, <laughs> the city that we built together using RPG City Planner by Eric Silver. Here you are. You made it. I'm finally here. You did it. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. To me, it's incredible, the, the sight of it. Um, I'm not really paying attention to Kara and Aralon's reactions to it, because for me, it's like, this is this is great after all that time on the farm you know it's kind mm -hmm. of reminiscent of maybe old ancient cities on my own planet you know yeah um that are now like historical landmarks and things like that yeah. like getting able being able to see it at this stage and in, in, in its process of growth and what have you so mm -hmm. 
It's fascinating. Has Sid ever seen a city that has so many trees with it? Has she ever been in a place that's just been surrounded by trees before? Not really. Um, There are places like that on Earth, but not any that Sid's been to. She kind of stuck to the more metropolitan areas of the city um, where she lived with Pax. So, mm-hmm. and it was built up. I mean, it is, there's no, you know, it's, 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 it's concrete jungle. Basically. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Okay. All right. You guys continue down the road and arrive at that first cluster of buildings. Um, at the side of the road before you reach like the city proper there's a little like booth it almost looks like a ticket booth kind of thing and a large like maybe five foot nine portly man uh white man in his 40s steps out of the booth and holds up his hand in front of you and Kara and Araland um have gotten into the driver's seat and Aralond uncharacteristically pulled a cloak out of the cart, handed it to his sister and helped her wrap up. And they've both turtled up with their hoods up. The man in front of you stops in the middle of the road and says, halt. That's close enough right there. Have you any goods which you are transporting into the city of Lake Point? He says, and his face is just deadpan bored. Oh. No, we are not transporting goods. Well then, what's your business in the city of Lake Point? I am not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as, as Sid thinking, because... Okay. <laughs> Cara and Erland are like... Maybe you could have prepped me for this a little bit, you know? Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I thought, you know, I've never been here before. What am I supposed to do? Okay, the longer the silence stretches, the closer this guy's brows knit together. Uh-huh. Kara and Araland are not volunteering any information. Uh, we're transporting this young lady to her family. And I point to Tiffany. The guard nods. And says, all right, then, uh, to which district will you be proceeding? And at this point, Aralond pipes up in a weird voice you haven't heard come out of him before. Schoolberry. Sounds real creaky. Yeah. <laughs> and the guard says, right, then, we'll be watching you. And he points at the collar of his jacket, which is like this nice, well-cut blue jacket. It fits his larger frame really nicely. Um, And the collar of it is sewn like little pieces of mirror so that they catch the light. Uh And he points to those, and he gives you the double fingers, points them back at you. (laughs) Understood, sir. And he shuffles back into his guard area. His hut. His little hut. (laughs) Uh, Appearing to have done his duty. The 
buildings around you are kind of slapdash. The bricks in them don't line up very well. Some of the buildings kind of like lean, like they weren't paying that close attention when they did the rows of the bricks. (laughs) There are not that many people walking around on the streets at this point in the day. It's about mid-afternoon, to put it in earth terms, around three-ish. There are a few people hustling and bustling here, and you hear as they walk, a lot of them make a little tinkling sound every other step. You walk through this neighborhood for a little bit, and eventually you come to a fork in the road. There's a sign in the middle. The sign pointing to the right says Danbury. The sign pointing to the left says Drybury. The road forks in this direction. Yeah, both of them generally go in the correct direction. It's just a matter of whether you would like to veer closer to the lake um, in Danbury or around the edge of the city in Drybury. Well, I kind of see what you're saying. Um, Personally, I would like to walk along near the lake. (laughs) Um, So let's head that way. Okay. Um, Maybe Tiffany influences your decision. She was real overtaken with the beauty of the glittering lake. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to please Tiffany. (laughs) Okay. Tiffany is just as overcome with the wonders of the city as you are. She has never been off Alden's farm before. This is the first time she's seeing really buildings of any kind bigger than, you know, a barn. Mm Mm-hmm. The people here on the Lakeshore Road are dressed modestly, in bright, happy colors, out enjoying a beautiful day. The atmosphere feels almost festive. On the main street, wide banners in every color hang in doorways and docks, and even on the massive ships you see sailing out on the water. Reds and blues are a little more prevalent among the flags waving in the breeze. Tiffany points at each successive biggest vessel she sees and insists she wants to ride on one. The sunshine feels warm after weeks in the woods. The trees here have broad, bright green leaves and cluster around the buildings and the few green spaces between them and the paved road. Most of the buildings around you are like maybe two, three stories tall at the most. Um, around Here they seem to be mostly houses. The longer you walk, um, the more people start to pack the streets. A lot of them look very tired, like they've been working hard all day and they're coming home. Um, A lot of people seem to be moving in these little groups that like almost look like tourist groups, Um, just big pods of people following someone who has something brightly colored hauled up and is usually making some kind of noise, um, either with a bell or a drum of some kind. Sometimes the leader of this little pack is dancing and singing, and people are, like, shuffling along with them. Every now and then, people hand the person leading them some money and leave the group and head into a building 
um, that looks like a home. Um, I'm going to send you a little picture here of what the houses look like. I'm going to just drop it in our little Discord channel. Doo -doo -doo. Okay. There it is. Hmm. So, down around the edge of the lake, um, for people in the audio dimension who can't see the picture that I just sent mom. Um, so I'm just going to do my best to visually describe them. <laughs> um, so the houses around the down docks are kind of built in that like German and Bavarian style where there's like, oh, there's a like, traditionally they're like tan, but in Lake Point they're reddish, like the color of clay. Mm-hmm. Um, like mud walls um, with like wooden beams crisscrossing it for support um, and then thatched roofing. Like on the edge of the lake where you are walking, you are very much walking on docks everywhere you go. Um, like like uh, certain parts of Paris or Venice. I was thinking more like uh, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, walking along the docks in there. Yeah, um, so, some of them are built into wood. Most of them are built, built out of, like, stone. Mm -hmm. um, very permanent structures. Sid's mm -hmm. so, so pretty overcome with the wonders of the city, right? Um, um, yeah, I'm walking any, around like this. Is anything, like, are you looking at anything in particular around this area? or I'm just uh, goggling at the sheer size of the houses and... Um, the structures that are along along the river and or i mean the lake <laughs> and uh just the manpower it would have taken to build all of this at this point in time you know like mm -hmm. like i can for me i'm seeing it from an, a historical perspective um because I do know of places on my earth that are like this or that have remnants of this. And to be able to see it hustling and bustling and live and in color is kind of boggling. And so I'm, I'm just walking around with my head up, staring around, looking at everything I can possibly take in. So here's a question. You and Pax obviously knew there was some kind of civilization on this planet and undoubtedly you probably did some kind of preparation for it do you think that sid ever watched like historical documentaries with pax of like various mm -hmm. uh various time periods in case it was like you know medieval europe there or ancient china there or mm -hmm. um oh, really sure. to kind of acclimate you to whatever kind of culture a human could conceive of finding here yeah oh yeah definitely i would have had to do all kinds of prep you know reading watching movies anything from fiction to nonfiction to documentary to whatever whatever i could get my hands on mm -hmm. i devoured it okay Good for me to know. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> um, 
as you're wandering through the neighborhood, um, following like the main road, there are offshoots and alleys coming through, you know, around. Um, you take a look over the side of one of the bridges that you're crossing, um, and you look down and expect to see, the, you know, the water of the lake below you, and it's muddy down there, but it, there's no water. And you look out to the right. I'm having a lot of trouble with directions today. <laughs> you look out to the right, and the water is actually maybe about 50 feet out from the edge of the docks. That's weird. At this point. Why? It's just the- out. You can see um, a line on the mm-hmm. stones of the do you call it a wharf? I haven't lived near the coast long enough to know what the terms are. <laughs> sure. Um, but anyway, you see a line where, like, there might be a high tide. Mm-hmm. In a lake? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, well, you know, there's... <laughs> My mind just went blank on the lake near Chicago. <laughs> what the hell is that lake? The, the big one. The big giant lake that's got, you know, waves and stuff. If I say the wrong Bloody one, the hell. internet's going to come from my ass. I can't think of it. I'm going to Google it. What's my friend Kat's going to kill me if she ever exactly. listens to this. <laughs> this is why we edit it out so we sound like we knew what it was all along. <laughs> this is for the bloops, and if Kat wants to hear it, she has to join the Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the lake next to... Chicago. Oh my god. Michigan. Really? I never would have guessed that. I never. That was was my instinct, but I don't, again, I don't live near large bodies of water. That's not who I am. (laughs) Yeah, you were born in a landlocked state. Yeah. Oh, no, you weren't. (laughs) You you grew up in a landlocked state. Nature, nurture. Kaya says Michigan. nature and once in the bathroom. <laughs> All right. We've devolved. <laughs> Anywho. This episode of Dungeons and Daughters is brought to you by hot mulled drinks. You can decide if it's cider or wine, babes. Hey, DM Shannon here with a couple of housekeeping things for today. We are coming up to the end of season one of D and Daughters. Episode 12 will finish out our first season, our pilot, if you will, and we're going to take a little break to do some pre-production on season two. We'll be back soon to build and explore this world together. Mom and I just want to make sure that we're taking the time to make the best show we can for you. In the meantime, you can say hey to us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at dndaughterspod, that's dn as in Narnia, daughterspod, and you can email us at hey, H-E-Y, at dndaughterspod.com. And for behind-the-screen things like outtakes, world-building notes, Discord access, and more, you can join our family on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month at the second cousin level... You can help support our creative dreams and get access to exclusive content at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddaughters. Now is a great time to share our podcast with a friend. Space and Magic Storytime with Steph and Shannon. Come follow your Android buddy Sid from Farm to Friends and join us as mom and daughter learn to play D&D together. That's it for now. Thank you so, so much for listening. And hey, we love you.
So as you are wandering through these neighborhoods, we are going to roll on this little event table every time you enter a new, like a new area here. And in order to exit the neighborhood, we have to resolve what's on the thing. So I will need you to roll that D10. While I pull up my notes and cow has a fit. Or. Okay, just as the sun is reaching the top of the mountains to the east, you hear the sound of bells and brass instruments coming from around a corner. And before you know it, you and your cart and party are surrounded by one of those pods of people who are dancing and singing and just a mob completely around you. And the leader of this troop turns and looks at the party and a glowing circle illuminates around the entire cart mm. with like intricate little curly cue designs on the inside. And it glows a beautiful like sea green color. Okay. They start to play a rolling, really boppy beat and dance around you. And you guys try to move the cart. Can't. And you cannot leave the circle. What if we join in and dance with them? Give it a shot. Okay. I'm going to... I'm just going to go with it and dance how I, you know, just kind of mimic them and okay. dance around. And Tell tell me what that looks like. <laughs> um, how does one describe dancing for the audio dimension? <laughs> um, it's very hard. Well, it's, you know, you're kind of stomping your feet a little bit, but turning and you're bopping your head and you're waving your arms. You're like, yeah, yeah, to the beat, you know. So, and So Sid puts her arms in the air. And she waves them like she just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I set it up. You knock them down. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I would like you to make a performance check. Performance? Mm-hmm. 17. Okay. With a 17, the leader of the troop shakes a tambourine in time with the waving of your arms. And goes, yeah, man, yeah! <laughs> and the circle around you fades, and you are able to proceed out of the neighborhood. The pod of people proceeds off in a different direction, and the sound of their little band playing uh, sounds a little Mardi Gras-esque. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You figured out the puzzle immediately. <laughs> Screw you, TikTok. That was not a good puzzle. <laughs> oh, you got it. Yes. <laughs> okay. You pass under an arched gateway into a neighborhood that's as loud visually as it is orally. The crooked towers of this borough hang over the streets, washed and painted in clashing colors, laced with wires that are hung with more banners, and blown glass lanterns that people are beginning to light as evening settles over the city. 
People here are dressed much flashier than in Danbury. Skirts and pants cut short, a lot of tassels, marveling at the lanterns hung in every doorway just as much as you are. Above all in this borough looms the massive windmill, its fan blades lit up with red lanterns as it spins lazily in the breeze. The lanterns near and far glow with the soft light that shows off the intricate shapes their glass was blown into. Neon colors are in vogue here, painting you and everything around you in outlandish light as you pass clusters of glowing lanterns for sale. The trees here gather in beautifully landscaped squares. Their leaves have begun to turn, giving them halos of blurry edges that tint under the colors of the lanterns. Kara and Aralond remain huddled under cloaks in the driver's seat of the cart, though the evening air is warm and thick. Compared to the red brick buildings and the like Bavarian German ones you've been seeing, mm-hmm. um, th- these are painted like bright neon purple and electric green. Um, they're built in like weird wavy brick patterns. Um, and then at the center of this like s- little mini village here um, is that giant windmill that's very slowly turning. There's not a lot of wind today. Um, and as the sun comes down lower um, and the valley is thrown into shadow, this whole neighborhood lights up um, with different colored lanterns in every doorway, on every corner, hanging out of every window. There are these blown glass looking lights um, in every color of the rainbow. Um, Looking at the closest one that catches Sid's eye, it is shaped like a goldfish. Um, that is blowing a sea green bubble out of its mouth. And the bubble is what's lit up and glowing. And then it casts a shadow on the rest of the goldfish. Um, And there are hundreds of these designs everywhere. Um, The streets here are particularly crowded. In the, like, semi-near distance, you hear a real rhythmic thump that you can like feel in the ground. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So roll on that event table again for me. That D10. Seven. Okay. So you rolled a seven. The vibe in this neighborhood is very similar to the fair outside Alden's farm. People are laughing, talking, singing, just generally vibing and having a great time. Um, You hear that persistent stomping sound uh, as you follow the traffic through this neighborhood. Um, And could you make a perception check for me? Mm -hmm. 18. Okay. With an 18, you get a good look between the buildings Uh, ahead of you and you see something very large moving between buildings just kind of like moving back and forth um just between two buildings it doesn't really seem to be like moving further than that um but it's large enough to be concerning also with that 18 i will grant you as dm Uh, that you 
you see this guy coming. A what? <laughs> you see the sky coming? No, you see this guy coming. Oh. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. <laughs> okay. I mean, if you would like to, you're welcome to. Um, there's a tray in the way, though. <laughs> um, a small man uh, with like a very petite little wiry frame and an over large head. He looks like a lollipop <laughs> uh, with like this shock of red curly hair. Um, like bumps into you with a tray in front of him and a gigantic backpack on and uh on this tray you see are a collection of little glass things that clink together um as he goes oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry hi hi, please take my apologies can i interest you in one of my lamps yes you can what have you got you take a look at the tray He's holding up in front of you. He's like bringing it up to your face with this huge smile. And he says, oh, I have so many, so many different kinds and shapes. Uh, if you don't like any on the tray here, I have some in my backpack here. Very, very carefully wrapped. Um, and looking at the tray, you see small little animal shaped little um, blown glass figurines on a little loop of ribbon. Um like really any kinds of animals you'd like any any particular one catch your eye i see an otter yeah you do (laughs) yeah you do (laughs) um a little beautifully blown glass about the like palm length fluffy otter the the texture of the outside of the glass looks like fur um and it has like brown fluffy little paws and then a white fluffy head um and he sees you eyeing this and he says this one this is the one for you and he picks up the little otter and he pulls a little flask from his pocket and he pours a small drop of liquid into a little indentation where like maybe the otter would hold a clam (laughs) and from that the the liquid drops into the lamp into another fluid you see floating in there and it spreads like ink and begins to glow through the glass and you have a tiny little glowing otter Mm. on a little whatever color ribbon you'd like okay i'll take it and he he says that that will be five silver Okay. And holds out his hand. I give him five silver. You you have I, gold. I have gold. You you have gold. You don't have any silver. Can you can you trade for gold? And his face like just drops for a second and he goes Yes, yes I can. I uh how many of these would you like? <laughs> Can I call Tiffany over to have her pick one out? Yeah. Okay. Call her. Uh, hey, Tiffany, come check these out. Um, uh, if you like one, I'll buy you one. Tiffany bounds out of the cart and um, hops up next to you and holding onto your elbow, peers over the edge of the tray and says, I don't, I don't see any cats. I want a cat. 
can I have a cat? And she looks up at the man very hopefully, and he goes, cats are so popular, sweetheart. I don't have any cats. Do, do you want to look through the pretty shapes that I have in my backpack? And he looks at you. Do you ha, have you a moment? Sure. Because <laughs> Erlon and Kara are just sitting there. <laughs> no. Um, he puts his backpack down and begins to take little colorfully wrapped things out of his backpack um, and pulls like little rainbow colored geometric shaped glass figurines that uh, like she asks can can you make that one glow I want to see what it looks like and he's demonstrating to her um, what, what are you paying attention to while this is happening well well I'm enjoying my otter for one thing <laughs> it is beautiful it's kind of mesmerizing to me. Like I'm trying to figure out how it works because that's what my brain does. It's, it tries to break it down into its elements to see, you know, must obviously some sort of gas that, you know, like, uh, like a glow stick kind of, you know, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing some percolating in my brain about it, but I'm also glancing over at Erland and, and Kara to see if, you know, they're interested in this exchange at all, or if they're, you know, doing what they do, <laughs> ignoring everything. Okay. Uh, Aralond is doing what he do and ignoring everything. The man is fully turtled under his cloak. Uh, if he had a pipe, he would look, you know, like that little shot of Aragorn. Where he glows for a second. Yeah. That's it. That's all you can see of him. Kara's hands are outside of her cloak. And she's got a little hook in one hand, and she's crocheting in her lap. Okay. So they're not in any hurry or anything, it seems like. So, okay. So I'm just going to go back to seeing if Tiffany has picked anything. Going back to, they don't seem like they're in a hurry or anything. In order to pick up on their vibe... Could you make an insight check? Oh, yep. That that's a little bit of an assumption as to what it their is. vibe is. That You're just right. what I was just describing what they were doing. That's right. Okay. Thirteen. Okay. With a thirteen, um Aralon seems totally normal. This is what he does. Kara, you've never seen her pull out any kind of crafting thing before. And her movements seem a little jerky, maybe a little nervous. Hmm. And that's what I'll give you with a 13. Okay. Okay. I guess I just assumed at a glance that if she had time to knit or whatever she's doing, then she's not Yeah. looking at me, wanting me to speed this up, you know? With a 13, I will give you that th- this is a little bit unusual behavior for Kara. Okay. And that is just... A little odd to you. Okay. Um, But it's not terribly concerning. Um, And Tiffany has picked out a little heart-shaped lantern with a rainbow over it going into two little clouds. And the clouds are what glow. Oh, neat. It's very adorable. (laughs) Okay. Um, And she picks that one. And he says, this is is really one of my best pieces. Um, This and the otter for a gold piece. Yes? 
Yes. And he holds out his hand and he goes, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a b- blessed day. My, my name is, um, my name is Cobbett and, and I am, I am with Lesbury's. Lesbury's? Lesbury's. Uh, we, there are many vendors who work for Lesbury's uh, around the city. Oh. Um, uh, uh, obviously my lamps are the best. <laughs> You didn't hear that from me, though. Gotcha. And he shakes your hand vigorously and scurries off with his goods. Okay. And you may proceed out of the amusement district of Lake Point. Okay. From the amusement district, you proceed to the citadel that you had seen from a distance. And you reach this area as even, like, full nighttime falls. Okay. Things quiet down as you enter the walls of the citadel you saw from across the city. Night has truly fallen and the warmth in the air begins to fade. The people here are dressed in muted colors, very much matching the tone set by the buildings of grey rock around the three-tiered castle of the citadel. Red and blue banners still hang over doorways, but no one in this neighborhood is spending time on landscaping. Plain glass bowls emit soft white light into the deepening shadow of night. The few trees that are here inside the walls of the citadel stand old and tall, their leaves also just beginning to turn at the tips, a dry, linty brown. There are fewer people out on the street here, and they're quiet as people make their way home. There are definitely still quite a few people in this section of the city, but they are moving about their business trying to get where they need to go. Um, a lot of them are in these pods of people and you like they're following the people who are leading them in these troops. Um, a lot of them are just talking um, instead of doing entertaining things. Um, some of them in like more like in a newscaster kind of voice and some of them in a very dry, boring history teacher kind of tone. <laughs> no offense to my history teacher listeners. I love you. You're great. And I'm sure you don't talk like that. Bueller. Um, thinking of one specific college history professor at 8 a.m. <laughs> Anywho. Um, the people behind these guys look shot tired some of them are stumbling um like because they're drunk or because they're just exhausted that that would take an insight check to look into can i do that yeah go for it 19 oh yeah okay you can uh, after the fair you can definitely tell the difference these guys aren't drunk these guys are exhausted okay these guys uh, look like you know you after walking for three weeks <laughs> uh you know their clothes are dirty um some of them are like sooty some of them are like covered in white dust um a few of the more alert people are listening very raptly to the people who are talking um who are just kind of like shepherding them and making sure they don't trip, making sure they stop at the right house uh, before they peel off. Um, so it's kind of like buses, but with no vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
kind of just you like know tour guides but not touring you know what i mean like walking uber mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's interesting mm-hmm. but yeah so no they definitely go in these little like pods of people and it's you know fairly easy to navigate around them because uh, you know they people who are leading them see you coming uh and make sure everyone gives you way and no one stumbles into your path uh, there are a couple of close calls um i'd like you to roll on the event table one more time two perfect okay um you are walking the cart through a fairly quiet part of this neighborhood um, maybe a, a little side street that was a little less crowded, um, and just easier to get the cart through. Um, and around the corner ahead of you, coming in the opposite direction, is a pod of people. They're listening to a person who is telling them a story. Um, the person is, um, maybe about five feet tall, um, with short cropped pixie type hair um, and a really angular pretty face and she has this bright happy little tone and she says all right guys we're here you're home um that will be 10 silver pieces each and make sure you guys follow Athanasia home tomorrow um, because she will have an update on whether or not old man Jakey's death was a mob hit. Um, she's been hanging out with the watchers and she says she has some really juicy gossip. All right, money please. Uh, the people around her start handing her little clinking coins and like stumbling off into various concrete brutalist buildings mm. that are like the ugliest apartment buildings you have ever seen mm. um one of these people ha- as they're handing their money over to their little tour guide catches a glimpse of you guys and this is eh, who's that i've never seen you guys here before you don't live here who are you just passing through. New to Lake Point? Never been here? I've never been here, no. Okay. You're not here to, like, rob? <laughs> no. No. He says, oh, okay, you're, you're not here to rob Minjay here, right? No, we're not here to rob anybody. Uh, you, you keep moving along. Um, I'd like you to make a persuasion check. Seventeen. Okay. They, this guy stares you down and a couple other people turn and look at you as you guys edge around and they shuffle their person, their little Uber driver <laughs> behind them and just watch you as you guys head off. Mm, not such a friendly neighborhood. Not terribly. The part of the citadel that you're headed toward um, is back against the cliff face that you had seen way earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, off 
to your right, you see a tiered palace that like looks kind of like a like miniature gondor. Like think of it like that as just one palatial building. Mm-hmm. And then looking next to it, you see the weirdest little contraption you've Sid have ever seen. It looks weirdly like a zipper in that there are like little alternating platforms that one side is coming down continuously and the other side is going up continuously. Following it all the way up to the top, you see it culminates up at the top, the zenith, with uh, at a little booth and then comes back down out of the bottom of that booth. Hmm. Down at the bottom, you see a matching one. Um, looking at it right now, you see one group of people on a platform moving up. It's open-faced completely. Yikes. No bars, nothing. <laughs> it, like, I've... For our listeners who've played Super Mario 64, there's this little bit where, like, platforms that move, like, in a little circle, and then they flip at the top and come back down. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks like that. Okay. Um, and Aralond pipes up for the first time in a while and says, that thing is not fun to ride. Uh, and Tiffany says, what is it? And Aralon says, it's, and you don't hear a word come out of his mouth. You hear static. Okay. My translator on the fritz? A little bit. Perhaps. Or perhaps there's no equivalent word for whatever he just said. <laughs> perhaps. Um, as you approach this weird little continuous elevator thing, you hear this huge grinding crunch. And the whole thing grinds to a stop. Immediately, both of the people who were on the platforms, uh, both groups of people, start shrieking and screaming. And Erlon says, Well, hell. How are we supposed to get home now? Thanks for listening to Dungeons and Daughters. Our world is created and brought to life by Shannon Romanski, and the show is edited and produced by Stephanie Romanski. If you're enjoying our story, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps charge the black magic that runs Apple Podcast Charts and helps get new people to check us out. We'd love it if you dropped us a five-star rating and a few words telling us what you liked about the show. It's a quick and easy way to give us a little boost off the ground, and we will 100% read them over and over and love them. You can also join our community on Facebook or Twitter at dndaughterspod, that's D-N as in Narnia, Daughters Pod, for a heads up about new episodes, memes, behind-the-scenes photos, and more.